Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Today on the show, very happy to have with us Joe Colasuano. He's a real estate investor, a full-time investor, a sw- uh, specializing in distressed properties. So acquisition, renovation, stabilization, pretty familiar model for a lot of us, and then either hold them uh, and, and kind of milk that cow for cash flow or sell at some point. He's currently got a portfolio with his brother of around 400 units, and they manage in-house through their own management company. Joe, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for jumping on. We were talking right before the call how, um, you know, it's your company and you're not syndicating the deals. We talked to a lot of syndicators and it's, it's a little different model, but 400 units, pretty substantial portfolio, especially considering that you're not syndicating. Um, I'd love to know, you know, how did you get into the space and then how'd you scale up to that many units without, without using a bunch of, uh, you know, investor equity for that? Yeah. You know, I kind of got lucky early on. So um, the first property I purchased uh, was a 31 unit building um, and I got it for 600 and uh, I actually, I had it under contract at 650. Um, It's in a rough area. didn't really know the area too well. Um, And, you know, right before it was a short sale, it was a long process, you know, six months, whatever. Sure. you know, right before the, uh, right before closing about three weeks before I had everything lined up, I was buying it hard money. Um, nice. cause I couldn't, I couldn't qualify for financing at the time. I was you know, 24 years old. Um, what kind of rates money. on that hard money? Uh, you know, it was, uh, two 14, and 12, it was 14% actually at the time. How many points? Uh, I think it was two, it was two or three. Okay. One or the other. Yeah. Something like that. But you know, people get wrapped around the axle on the cost of capital, especially, you know, new to, new to real estate investment. Go, Oh yeah, right. that's a crazy rate. And it's like, I mean, it's access is so much more important than the cost of it. hundred percent. If you got no access to capital, you're dead in the water. You know, if you can make a deal pencil at 14% in two points, do it. Exactly. I, you know, I had a, I had a conversation about that, you know, not to get off topic, but, um, with somebody, uh, kind of recently there were, uh, you know, someone that has been purchasing in my area, they've been buying, uh, properties with their own money, um, buying cash and they, you know, they ran out of the, the money. Sure. Um, they only had, you know, so much capital. So now they're, they're looking to purchase a fix and, you know, a fixer up or, uh, two, two families. And, um, they said, look, we're going to, we're looking into going with hard money, you know, but we're kind of nervous about it. And I go, you know, so I broke it down for him. I said, look, you're going to buy these two properties. If you bought them with conventional financing, this is how much money that, you know, in six months that you'd spend. If you buy with hard money, this is how much money you're going to spend. It ended up being like a difference, like 7,000 bucks. Wow. It's like, That's... you know, to, to, to walk away from a deal or spend an extra 7,000 between two properties, it's $3,500 a duplex. Like it's a, it's a no brainer. It's not as, yeah. as long as you get in there, do your job as quickly as possible and get out. It's really not that much more expensive when you really think about the lost opportunity of not doing that deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know 100%. what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yep. So. Bought this property um, with a hard money loan and uh, it was like half vacant. Three weeks before uh, the closing, uh, there was like a, there was a, you know, a, a double shooting in the building. You know, one person was killed, one person got shot in the street. Yep. And I'm sitting here like this white bread kid from like suburbs like, what am <laughs> I doing? What You're 24 I do? at the time? Yeah. 24 oh, that's years. awesome. My brother, my brother was 21. 
my father was like, yep, ask for a reduction in the price. Ask for $75,000 off the price. I was like, I'm buying it for six fifty. That's crazy. You know, he's like, just do it. So I, I said, all right. I asked for seventy five. They came back and they go, how's 40? I go, yeah, that's fine. Perfect. That'll More work. than zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we ended up buying it for six oh nine and um, closed on it. And I remember going to close and walking away with this big, big box of keys. Oh, and, yeah. 31 doors, and, right? 31 doors. And, you know, there's probably 131 keys, you know, like nobody, nobody ever like threw out keys or got rid of them. So were like they labeled or was cars. it literally just a box keys? Somewhere, somewhere, you know. Oh, I love it. I've seen that box keys before. And, yeah. And so, you know, the next eight to 12 months were, you know, I was, you know, there every day. We were just doing all the maintenance ourselves and, you know, fixing things up and leasing apartments and doing the evictions and just every aspect you know, cause I couldn't afford to pay anybody to do anything else. Like, so we had to do it all just learning how to like solder on an iPhone in a basement, you know? Um, <laughs> right. so did that for, for a while. And, and we finally got the building stabilized to the point where we had people paying rent and, yeah. uh, you know, almost all the units were occupied and I started trying to get the building refinanced. And this is back in 2000, uh, 2010, I guess, 2010. Let me, let me dig into something there real quick, Joe. Um, so, you and your brother are, you are the management company. You're signing leases. You're putting ads right. on Craigslist. You're putting up notice to showing vacates. Showing the apartment. We're showing, showing the apartment. apartment. And We're what, what city is this in? Allentown, Pennsylvania. Allentown. Okay. And you guys are doing the, you guys are doing the maintenance, you and your brother. Doing the maintenance. Yep. Man, My I father's helping us be doing that stuff too, you know? And what, uh, were you and your brother employed at the time or this was your employment? So this was my, this was it. I mean, I, yep. I was in, uh, I was in, so I, I, I left um, after getting my master's in biomedical science. I was going to go to med school. That was the plan. I was taking my MCATs and doing all that. Sure. And, you know, I, uh, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, this sounds like what I want to do. You yeah. know, my father, was a, my father was a custom home builder for a lot of years. So he, okay. you know, so I've, I've had, I had a construction background in terms of like, you know, I was sweeping floors, you know, every summer when I was in college and high school and stuff like that. Um, you know, and I was going to job sites with him, you know, my whole life basically. So, um, yeah, I mean, his work dried up at the same time because, you know, the market crashed, he wasn't building anything, um, sure. you know, in 2008. So, um, so we all kind of taken a, any salary on your management fees, on your maintenance, or are you just saying, Hey, we're just going to do this to get the property where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, at that time, you know, I remember I was, I was, I rented a shore house by the beach with my buddies. We were paying $300 each in rent a month. Yeah. And I think I was taking a hundred bucks a week out of the business to just like, I love like it, pay man. for myself at the bars and like, you know, I love it. Like yeah. So, yeah. No, we weren't, we weren't making any money. You know what I mean? We were sure, just, sure. We were just, you know, trying to get it done. Right. I paying 14% interest, you know? Yep. So, um, I was trying to refinance the property, um, you know, through a mortgage broker and you know, no banks were lending. They were especially weren't lending to me at that time. Um, yeah. And this is after you guys had it stabilized, you know, 90% yeah. plus occupancy. Yeah. We How long did that process take? We were, we were up over 90%, probably within three or four months. Nice. Okay. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, the class attendance, like we, we didn't know, you know, you had cash, you were in. Like I didn't yep. care what your job was. Didn't care if you had 35 evictions before, just did all the wrong things, you sure. know? Yep. So, you know, we were, we had constant turnover. We were just evicting and evicting and, you know, learning 
learning, you know, basically by making mistakes the entire time. Right. It's been my, you know, that's, that's, that's how I've done everything really just sure. learning by doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't get any financing. We didn't have any income other than this building and, you know, no, you know, really not really any experience. I mean, we've been doing it for eight, eight months, nine months, 10 months, you know? Um, and I was, uh, introduced to another investor through my mortgage broker, um, at the time, uh, and well, you know, I went to a couple like, you know, lunch meetings and with them and, he said, you know what? He goes, that building that you got in Allentown, that, little, that, sm that small property you got, you have over there. Uh, how about this? How about I come in my bank? You know, we'll refinance you out. You'll pull all your money out. You know, maybe take a little bit extra. And then we go 50-50 on the property. Every month you pay me the first 3000 in profit. Anything after that you keep. And I said, where do I sign? Like, that sounds great. We, I think we refinance it for like four and a quarter. So... We refinanced four and a quarter. I took out the money I put into it, plus like an extra, I don't know, 80, 100,000 bucks, something like that. And, uh, and that was it. And now we were, you know, cash flowing and, uh, and making, you know, I was making about 3,000, 2,500 bucks a month for us, something like that. Um, you know, after that, I, I remember I found a property a block away. It was a 15 unit building on Craigslist. It was advertised for sale. Some nice. guy was losing it. And uh, he set up a, a meeting with his bank and they agreed to finance 100% of the purchase for me. 3% um, interest only for the first three years. And uh, you know, the reason being that the, the amount of money owed in the property at the time was a lot per unit. It was like 580,000 for a 15 unit building, which doesn't sound like a lot now. It's like $40,000 a unit. Um, but back then, I mean, things were selling. Like I, I bought the 31 unit for 20 a unit, you know? Right. So 20,000 uh, a door. That's, that does sound yeah. wild. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we, we picked that up. The bank financed hundred percent. I think I had to come out of pocket like 7,500 bucks. And now I had 46 units. Did the same thing with a, with a 10 unit building a few blocks away with a different bank. Um, bought a four unit. And then, um, I brought a deal to the same guy that I own the 31 unit with uh, for a, it was a note sale. It was a, a note and foreclosure in, in Allentown, 178 units, nice properties, um, you know, brick purpose built, you know, 25 unit buildings, that kind of thing. Um, and it was a note sale. We could buy the note and then finish the foreclosure um, for 178 apartments. And so he came in and we, uh, we struck a deal. We did the partnership on that. We went 60, 40, um, and came in, financed the deal. And now I had, you know, 220 units, you know, uh, the, the 178 was like 40% occupied. It was like something super low. Wow. Was this in Allentown as well? All in the yeah. same market? All in the same market. Yeah. Yeah. So 40% so occupancy, man. What, uh, what was the deal? They ran out of money. How, how did that happen? It was a syndicator, um, kind of got over leveraged. Um, yep. and, uh, he was actually the, the reason I got the deal was he was a partner, um, with a, with my father on a, on a construction deal. Okay. Um, but ended, the guy ended up losing everything. Um, you know, he was, he was, he, he scaled way fast. He went, I think in 12 years, he scaled up like 3,200 units. 
Right. Um, you know, and it just, he wasn't able to build the, the management infrastructure, I guess, or, you know, in, at the same pace. Sure. So he was just buying, buying, buying because he had the money because yeah. people were just giving him money because he was, you know, doing great in a, in a, in a, in a appreciating market. Sure. And if you hit the fan, he just didn't have the, the resources to, you know, to do it. You know, a lot of people, you know, after 2008 lost their jobs, they move in with family, move in with family. They had a lot of vacancy all like at once. Yep. Um, didn't want to lose face with the investors, I guess. And, uh, you know, kept paying and, you know, just snowballed. So I knew about the deal because of that. And um, yeah, so we, we were able to, we bought the note from Sovereign Bank and, uh, and then financed it, did a deed in lieu of foreclosure, uh, cut a deal and, and, you know, purchased the properties. So we had, you know, 40% uh, occupancy at the time. The buildings were beat up. We, uh, we had that, those properties, you know, I was, I was working seven days a week till nine, 10 o'clock at night. We had those sure. buildings fully occupied um, in about four or five months. So um, 40% yeah. to 90 plus uh, yeah. four or five months. That's, that's pretty awesome. Were you guys yeah. doing, what were you doing on an interior? You know, were you spending five yeah. K a door on the interiors? No, or not, we, we, we were, I mean, you know, we were kind of just, you know, smacking them together, getting them ready and then throwing, throwing people in, yep. um, you know, not super picky as to who we're putting in again. Um, you know, had a lot of turnover that following year, but at least we were able to cash flow and pay the bills, you know? Sure. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, we, uh, you know, we, you know, unit went vacant, we're more picky, make more repairs, more picky, more repairs, more repairs, more picky until now, you know, now it's a nice stabilized portfolio. Um, you know, in the meantime, you know, over the last however many years too, we've you know picked up other buildings, um, sold a bunch of buildings, and uh, you know done some you know small uh, development deals where we'll purchase like a you know an old office building, get it approved for twelve units or eight units or thirty units, whatever. Um, do the build out inside, um, you know, repurpose the property, um, yeah, that kind of thing. At what point in this uh, journey did it? did you say, Hey, we've, we've got to stop signing leases and doing maintenance and we're going to start a management company. So to be honest with you, I mean, I don't know if we've ever done that. I mean, we, we, mm -hmm. we've, you know, we've, we, we don't have a, a separate entity right now for management, to be honest with you. Right. That's something that I've been doing this year. Um, so we've just been managing, you know, basically through each entity um, out of one office essentially. Um, so it's known as the management office, you know, we have a small office building here, but, um, you know, it's not like I have, you know, it's not like Cola property management, something like that. Right. Um, but you've but, got uh, staff that are, are you using, yeah. okay. So you got dedicated once, staff once and they've that large portfolio. We had to start bringing on staff. It was sure. So, I mean, now we're, we're, you know, when we bought that portfolio also, I brought a girl into the office, um, who's the office manager now. Sure. Um, I don't have anybody else in the office right now. So it's, it's her and I, um, my brother's, uh, typically, um, you know, managing the maintenance guys. My father, uh, manages, you know, construction projects. So, um, you know, if we pick up a deal and we're going to do, you know, a gut renovation of, you know, eight units or something like that, he's the project manager on that. Sure. Um, we have about 15, you know, floating between 15 to 18 guys full time. Um, 
between, you know, the construction company and, uh, you know, just like the property management and maintenance stuff. Um, and I got one girl in the office and that's it. Yeah. I love it. And so you've got, uh, based on the kind of sizes of your units, your maintenance crew can kind of roam around. Is it still all in one market? Yeah. So we're all in the same okay. city. So yeah, Allentown, the, uh, the third largest city in Pennsylvania after Philly and Pittsburgh. Okay. Uh, not a huge city. Um, it's, uh, 125,000 people. Okay. Yeah. It's um, pretty small. Yeah. Pretty small. Um, uh, but it's, it was, uh, as of the last census was the fastest growing city in Pennsylvania as well. Yep. You get a lot of people come from New York. Um, you know, it's one road from here to New York city. Sure. Um, it's about an hour and a half, maybe, mm -hmm. um, and you're 45 minutes north of Philly. So, uh, centrally located and it's, um, it's a much, much lower cost of living. So we get a lot of people that transplant from Jersey and, and New York over here because it's not far and it's just a, it's a wildly different cost of living. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how San Antonio is versus Austin and some of the other Texas cities close, right. but it's uh, it's a pretty different animal. What, uh, how is Pennsylvania in terms of you know landlord friendliness? That's something we always kind of think about. Yeah, um, I, I'd say they are landlord friendly. I mean, look, I think they're fair. Um, we yeah. our eviction process is about thirty five days from filing to lockout. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's, Texas. That's like pretty school, tight turnaround. Yeah, right? yeah. Texas is quick though, right? What's what's Texas? We can do it. We can do it in twenty one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. It's so, uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, but relatively, I mean, New Jersey, you, you're at three or four months. So, and New York, forget it. So, oh yeah, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, relatively, uh, it's very landlord friendly. I'm happy with it. I think it's a fair process. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, I think a lot of the a lot of the the success of someone in a specific market comes from like how how invested they are there and the relationships that they build over time, you know, no doubt you gotta, you gotta build a reputation where that you, you know, you do the right thing by your tenants. And I think that that permeates. Um, and you know, if you, if you get somebody that, you know, maybe a city inspector that comes and says, Hey, look, you know, we got a complaint, we got a problem, or even, you know, you're going through an eviction and you got, you know, uh, a district court judge that's there and they know that, you know, you, you, you do the right thing and you try to do the right thing all the time. I think that carries a lot of weight um, also to make your life a little bit easier. So, you know, I think that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That's certainly an advantage of um, operating in one market for a long time. You get right. real good at it. You get a really good uh, team. You get a really good set of vendors and that gets real nuanced over time where maybe this painter's good for this specific thing and this other painter's good for sure. this slightly different thing. Right. And that, that kind of nuance can save you a ton of time and money. So huge advantage there. What, what are you guys doing, Joe, uh, when you're looking at a new project, are you, um, in terms of underwriting, are you guys getting real involved on in that? Or are you just saying, Hey, ballpark, we can buy it for this, put about this much, we don't have any, we're not beholden to investors. So, you know, what's your, what's your underwriting or kind of your purchase criteria look like? Yeah. I mean, so what I look like, what I look for, um, if I'm going to purchase a property, I want to make 20% cash on cash, assuming I have to put 20% down. Yep. So if I'm putting 20% down, paying four to 5% in closing costs, um, I want to be able to make 20% on that when all is said and done. Yep. Um, over the life cycle of the whole project or you no, want no, to start annually. throwing, you want to start throwing off within first year or something. Well, like once that? it's stabilized. Right. Yep. So, so, you know, a lot of the stuff that we purchase is, is heavy lift 
you know, renovation stuff or sure. it's adaptive reuse or, um, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I, I, you know, another benefit of being in, in, in a market and staying and really knowing your market is, you know, I study the, the zoning ordinance so I can see value in a property that somebody else might not see based on what I know I can do with it. Um, depending on what zone it's in. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I mean, I'm not buying an eight cap. I'm just not going to do it. Like, right. you know, I don't, I don't really need to. And I don't, you know, not, not, not knocking anybody that does that. Um, you know, especially if, you know, they have to deploy capital or whatever, but in my market, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm selling at. I'm selling at an eight cap or I'm selling at a seven and a half cap. Um, so if I'm going to do that, I, you know, I'm going to, I want, I need to buy at like a 10. I need to buy at 11. Once I, you know, renovate it, put my spin on it, you know, build it out, do whatever it has to get done. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um, so has your acquisition criteria changed over the years? Are you just now looking for certain size or area? Or are you saying, Hey, anything that pencils, you know, in my town, we'll take a look at. Yeah. I mean, anything that pencils will take a look at. Um, yep. You know, I'm not looking at smaller properties as much now. I think anything under 10 units, I probably would look as look at as a flip versus yeah. a buy and hold. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's a four unit or a five unit or a six unit, but if it's a good deal, you know, I'm not going to say no to it if I can make sure. money there. You know. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. And then, how do you run your um, your property management on? Let's say you've got a you know 15 unit property, you don't have anybody on site. Are you running leasing through your, your kind of headquarters or you have somebody yeah. run out there and sign leases or how do you, no, how do you so everything, get, everything comes to the head, comes to the office. I mean, we've been closed down now for about four months. Yeah, so we're wow. opening up next, we're opening back up next week, the office. Um, so in the meantime, what we've done is um, we've been doing uh, DocuSign leases. So yeah. that might be something that uh, stays with us after this whole sure. situation. Um, you know, we would always have people come into the office and sign, you know, physical lease. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, right now we're, I mean, we're, we're a hundred percent occupied. I think I have one vacancy at all. I think it's just, I think it's just one unit right now. Across um, the whole portfolio. Yeah. Across the whole thing because that's what, nuts, it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's, it's mostly just because during the pandemic, nobody was moving and sure. I couldn't evict anybody. Right. So the people that didn't pay, I couldn't get out. And nobody was really leaving anyway. So we just spent right. time, you know, fixing up all the vacants and, you know, leasing them out there, leasing like hotcakes. So, um, yeah, we're fully occupied now, but I got probably got about 20 people I got to file on, um, in, uh, you know, when they open the courts back up, I think it's, uh, middle of July. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's kind of what everybody's seeing nationwide. That's interesting. Um, it's a, it's a heck of a journey since um, since 2010 getting started with that first property. If you were to, I guess, speak to your younger self or to somebody that's looking at starting out in this business, what, what's uh, some wisdom you'd impart for them? I'd probably tell them to stay away from the single family rentals and uh, focus on picking up more multis back in 2010, 11, 12, 13. Sure, sure. Just well, we, because we had, you've got... We had built like, one, I think we had like at most like 20 or 25 singles. I think I only have like five left. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just, you know, a lot of waste of time with those. I mean, not, we made money on all of them, but you know, just the amount of, 
the amount of time I would, would have been spent better on larger multifamily properties probably. And you could have, you could have purchased them back then for, for a song. So I would have done that. Yeah. A transaction is a transaction, right? Whether it's a a hundred K house or $10 million building. I mean, there's, there's nuances and differences, but still kind of, you still get insurance, still getting inspections, still doing your whole thing. And uh, we beat the drum on that a lot. Go, you know, go big as you can. Yeah. Cause you gotta, you gotta spend the time on it on, on either one. So that makes sense. Um, well, Joe, this is great. I, I really appreciate you jumping on and kind of sharing some of your story. Um, is there, is there one, I mean, we talked about some shootings and some other stuff. Is there a standout story for you? I mean, you, the hand, where you're hands on in these properties doing this stuff yourself, you run into some crazy stuff. Any, any kind of like uh, a highlight crazy story you want to share? Uh, I got one from my, it's, it happened to my brother. Um, okay. So I had a guy, uh, guy came into the office to rent a, rent an apartment. Uh, I have, I have one community, one, you know, one building here, right? property, whatever that it's all, it's a town. They're all townhouses. It's, um, it's 12 townhouse units. And, um, so he wanted to rent one of those and he was wearing a, you know, flashy suit, talked really smooth. Something seemed off about the guy and I knew yeah. it. I knew yeah. it, but I said, you know, he, he, he paid me the, the rent security. He had cash. He's like, yeah, whatever, you know, doing the whole thing. So I said, okay, fine. I'll let you move in. So he moves in. Lo and behold, next month comes around. Doesn't pay any rent. Doesn't answer the phone. All right, whatever. So I go, I file eviction on him. So here we have to, you know, you, your initial eviction usually costs like 150 bucks. Sure. To file with the court. And then when you want to do a lockout, if they haven't paid, you know, within 10 days of the eviction date, um, you pay another 120. And then it's 10 days after that, that they come and do the lockout. So, you know, a lot of times, not a lot of times, sometimes someone will move out in between that time. You can save that 120 if the, if they vacate the property and you just go take it back. So I got a report from somebody else in the community that said, Hey, look, the guy in unit F moved out. He took all the stuff. He had a moving truck. He just moved out. You know, he's there for two months and he's gone. So I said, all right. So my brother was in the air. I said, Hey, listen, do me a favor. When you're over there, go check out unit F, see if you know, the guy's there or not, you know? So he, uh, he goes over, he doesn't have the keys. He looks in the front window. He says, there's nothing. It's just, you know, it's a townhouse. So it's two floors. So he says, there's nothing there. It's the living room. You can see the living room, dining room, kitchen. There's not a stitch of furniture, not a, not a single thing out of place. The place looks clean, looks empty, looks vacant. So he um, takes a flathead screwdriver. He jimmies the lock and he goes in he goes, and he says, you know, hello, landlord. Hello. And he says, he hears like a, like a TV on upstairs. He's like, look, I'm not going and walking upstairs right now. You know, I don't know who the hell's up there. So he said, he called out again. He's the landlord. Hello, is anybody home? Nobody answers. So he goes over right next to him on the wall was the, um, was the electrical panel. So he says, look, if there's a TV up there, maybe they can't hear me. So he sh- clicks, he, he shuts the electric. Again, hello, landlord, is anybody here? Nothing. He says he hears like a faint, almost like a faint baby. Oh boy. He's like, 
man, if there's a baby upstairs, that's a bit, that's, this is a, this is a, you know, a problem, you know? So he takes out his phone and pretends to call the police loudly so that someone can hear. Right. <laughs> okay. Good move. Yeah. And he like takes it. his phone. He goes, hello, Allentown police. This is the landlord over at this dress. Yes. You know, I think there's a squatter here or somebody staying here. Can you come? Okay. Thank you. You know, puts his phone back in his pocket. At this, you know, maybe like a minute or two later, he, he hears what sounds like a police squawk, like a radio, right? And he's like, looks at his phone. He's like, did I just like maybe accidentally call him? Like Siri, did Siri call the cops? Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> looks at his phone, he's confused. He goes, whatever. He goes, all right, I'm, I'm not going upstairs. I'm getting out of here. Turns the electric back on and he opens the door and he goes to walk out. As soon as he goes to walk out, he's got two cops, guns pointed at him. Oh my God. Get down, get down. He looks to his left, there's a cop with, with, a, with a rifle leaning over a car pointed at him oh man hands up he's like stop he's got a screwdriver in his hand he's like they're like get to the ground, get to the ground. <laughs> so he drops down to the ground and uh they come they rush him handcuff him the whole nine and he's like i'm the landlord i'm the landlord of the property as he's doing this uh a husband and wife come down the stairs hispanic couple with their with their baby down the stairs of the, of the townhouse. He's like, what the hell is going on? The, you know, the guy we rented it to was a black guy with, you know, that we rent, I rented it to two months earlier. So what happened was when the black guy knew that he was getting evicted, he put up an ad on Craigslist. There it is, yeah. And rented his space, pretending to be the landlord, to this couple. Oh, took man. a month rent, month yep. and a half security from them, and then skipped And he's out. Cash. Yep. Right. Yep. So these people thought, and they, they, and they got the same vibe as me, that the guy was a little shady. They thought someone was there to come after this guy. Okay? <laughs> so they thought my brother was there coming after uh, the guy that rented them the apartment, and they called oh, the police. Um, yeah, so the police... We're For like kick- a break-in, right? They're oh, like, yeah, yeah, nice. Exactly. So the police were gonna kick, was we're, we're gonna kick um, the couple out at like right there at that time. Like they said, like, listen, you have no rights to the property. Like you gotta go. Sure. And we said, they signed a lease, or or the guy so, just took the took the cash. Yeah, they didn't have a lease. Yeah, of course. So, with- right. So the um, so my brother said, look, you got a family. It's you know it's a Friday. Take the weekend. Just be out by Monday, you know, whatever, and give, you know, give, here's my number. Give me the keys. Like, you know, we find another place. If you need to, you know, if you need to find another place, you come to the, you know, our office, you fill out an application and we can approve you, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, no, we came to the office that Monday. The keys were at the front door and never heard from them again. So I don't know what happened, but. That's nuts. That's the kind of stuff. That's landlording, right? I mean, that is, that is it. Maybe not every day, but that stuff definitely happens. Yeah, definitely happens. Well, listen, man, I asked for a story. I got a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Joe. Uh, and thanks for sharing your, your whole story. Um, I love it. You know, I love hearing about people getting into this business and making it, making it happen and building, you know, we talked a lot about kind of the nuances of it, but listen, over a relatively short period of time, you're able to build substantial portfolio, net worth, equity, cash flow, all that stuff that that's what we love doing real estate for. So thanks yeah. for Thanks for sharing. I appreciate you jumping on.
All right. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.